0: Hey, what's up guys? On this week's episode, I get to talk to Kevin Devine, and I've known Kevin for almost, I think about 20 years now. His old band played with a bunch of old local bands back in the day in upstate New York, and it was a really cool little scene we had going on there, and Kevin was a part of it. And then, you know, later in life, we became touring partners. I don't know if that's even a thing. But uh, yeah, we toured together uh, with Bad Books, and we met like later on, and we talk about how working a show of his. In 2010 led me to working with Manchester Orchestra and it's a cool story and it's just it's it's a good time this is uh there's a lot of laughs on this one and there's the first bathroom break on stories on this one as well um and also uh if you get a chance give a follow to uh stories.net on Instagram it's uh stories s-t-o-u-r-i-e-s-d-o-t-n-e-t stories.net enjoy
1: actually be like excising staten island <laughs> i wonder if you and i are about as far from one another as people in new york city could technically be because i'm like the second to last second or third to last stop on the r in south brooklyn wow and you're like all the way northeast right in the bronx off the six yeah yeah like the last
0: stop like it's
1: i feel crazy. like that's pretty far as far as New york goes. Same city, but we're like on different planets.
0: Yeah, like it would be a, probably a two-hour commute. Actually, Kenny will probably look it up right now. It might be like a two-hour commute. I would say.
1: I would say so for sure because mm-hmm. when I used to go, I had friends. And um, by the way, hi, good to see you. I realize I'm realizing yeah, I'm just like dude, jumping in. Nah, man, it's like it's we all
0: like it always kind of starts off with like how it you know it's just a, a homie. It's a conversation with a homie, so it's like yeah, great. just talking. Is um, is my connection okay? Yeah, dude we we got you coming through loud and clear. You're perfect. All right, cool. Yeah,
1: um, I uh, I used to go with this guy. I feel like you might have met him at some point. Chris Bracco plays in my goddamn band. He's like, if you saw him, you might recognize him. He's like an old old head with me. Mm-hmm. But he used to have a, uh, at a live out and record out in, in Woodhaven, Queens. Oh wow, okay. And I would take the R from Bay Ridge to Woodhaven, and sometimes if like. I was just either, if I was like hungover, drunk, tired, or just like couldn't fucking be bothered to transfer to an express train, I -hmm. would just sit on the R train for like all of Brooklyn, all (laughs) of Manhattan, and most of Queens. And it would be like a two hour ride. Yeah. So I bet going out to you, it would have to be the same thing. This is scintillating radio or whatever for the people who don't give a fuck about commuting in New York at all. Yeah. Well, you know
0: what? That's the thing. I'm not worried about them. This is this is our (laughs) shit. Like this is our shit. Like I'm doing this because I want to do this. It's like oh, it would be an hour and forty two minutes actually, and I'd have to take the six. I'd have to take the six. The six to the B or the D, and then I'd have to walk, and then I'd have to take the R train. (laughs)
1: That's too much. Yeah. We
0: could just do this. Yeah, we Which could just do great. this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for now, I mean like until like the this whole this whole nightmare of a year ends and, yeah. and you know. So I have a I have a question for you. Yes. Cuz I was thinking about this
1: cuz I haven't sp- I, we've texted stuff a little bit, but Yeah. So how have you been navigating like what's going on with you with all this stuff? How have you been navigating it? What have you been up to?
0: I mean, I definitely stayed pretty drunk for most of it in the beginning and uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's a good plan. Yeah. It it is what it is, man. It's it's one of those things to where at the time it was shameful and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, you know. Yeah. But then it's one of those things to where I came out of it. And yeah. It, it you I had to kind of figure out like something to do that wasn't touring because I've told several people this on here. Like the people at the top in the industry. They don't give a fuck. They do mm. not give a single fuck. They are working on opening venues. Yeah. Doing X, yeah. Y, and Z. They are not like, hey, who can't pay their rent? Yeah. So yeah. it's one of those things to where I had to just kind of give up. Not give up, but just do something different and be like, look, man. I, I know what you mean. You, yeah. Shift the focus. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was my identity for so many years. And now it's like, I got ha- I had to be my own person to where I wasn't touring guy that was just hopping on tour to tour and just being yep. gone 10 months out of the year. I had to really just, you know, start going to therapy and that's fucking real life, man. Like I went and yes, it I is. went that route and Jesus, man, what, why wasn't I doing that 10 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> that's good though. Mm it's 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 that's real yeah man and that's the thing it's like i have no I problem don't know. being real now it's like fuck it who cares dude
1: <laughs> no fuck that that's where the freedom is and i i definitely am a, a person who, who needs and utilizes resources there's a lot of noise in my head sometimes and uh i also think like you grow up a certain way where like that wasn't really a thing like no no complaining about it's like that, that thing where like, if you put all your problems, if everyone in the room put all the problems on a table, you would likely take yours back. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, you'd be like, well, my shits, I can deal with that. But that was not really modeled in my upbringing. Like there was no one going to therapy or if there were, I wasn't hearing about it. No one in my family was like sharing that way about their emotional experience. And so I kind of think you would grow up thinking it's like I almost think I thought it was a bigger, weirder thing than it was until my mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, no, this is like a really good, useful thing that helps people. And
0: uh, it's helping me. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, man, it's nuts how how beneficial it is and how beneficial it yeah. has been. Because, like, you know, I've told people on here before, and this will probably be a recurring thing, but touring was its own form of therapy, in a way to where you were, I felt like I was around people every day for the most part on mostly every tour I've done. I've been lucky enough to be around people who I care about that I can have good conversations with and like, just kind of like just shoot the shit and just talk things out. Yes. Put things somewhere when you needed
1: to. Yes. Yes.
0: And that got taken away and I know it was tough for me, but I know I'm not the only one, man. I know there's a lot of people who it's been tough on that probably don't talk about it. You know, what's that been like for you?
1: I feel like uh that's all really good to hear by the way. I feel like um having a kid was a like a, I mean, maybe this is a stupid thing to say out <laughs> loud, but having no. a kid in this instance for me was like a really serious uh blessing because it was like there wasn't I of course I had all kinds of Feelings, thoughts, fears, anxieties. You know, you're, we were in an, an industry that we're in an industry that, like, overall writ large, just kind of got thrown into total um, disarray and like uncertainty, right? Like total insecurity. Mm-hmm. We're also in a in a rung of that industry, like independent music, whatever. That's like gonna get. The most, both at a venue level and at the level you and I work at, like the most um, fucked with Mm -hmm. by something like this because it's so dependent on. A thing you physically can't do right now safely, um, and like you said, there's no real industrial concern top down, or or I know you know this isn't necessarily the theme of what we're talking about here, but governmental concern either top down about like who gets us getting taken care of is not really on their list of things to do. <laughs> so that shit was all there, mm-hmm. but it was also like there's a four year old kid who on March 16th. Her, her daycare closed for six months. Mm-hmm. Her mom and I are separated, but her friends are friends and amicable and get along. And yeah. So on March 16th, her job went remote. My whole shit went away. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was sort of like from March 16th, it was like, all right, you're going to have Edie Monday to Friday for like nine to five, like school hours effectively.
0: Oh, that's um, amazing, dude. It,
1: it was amazing. And it was. It was amazing and it was some days it was like, you know, exhausting and hard. I mean, every day, even the amazing days are tiring, of course, but it's mm-hmm. like uh, an elective, you're choosing. You chose that. That's yeah. your, that's, that's like, you know, but uh, that gave a structure and a focus that I think, like, if that were not part of the picture, I think I would have been pretty seriously. Adrift, Mm -hmm. you know for the first while because i think it was just like well you got to jump in to taking care of this fucking human (laughs) that is having her own like uh she's forced she can't process shit the way you and i can process shit but she's feeling a version of all of it she's like why can't we go anywhere that we used to go why can't i see grandma why can't we see my friends why can't why am i only hanging out with you and mom you know (laughs) and it was you know and i think for me it was sort of like my and it's funny because it kind of connects to a way i feel sometimes on tour which i'm sure we'll get get to sometimes you know for me I, one of the things i snapped into was like i just got to try to make this kid laugh as often as possible because this is hard mm-hmm. and she needs to i can't be a 4-year-old but i can be a silly motherfucker and she <laughs> needs a silly motherfucker right now because she misses hanging out with 4-year-old fucking kids
0: oh god so
1: so you asked me a specific question. How am I doing with all that? I actually think I'm like kind of okay. Yeah. But that doesn't mean there's not days where it's like so much stuff has happened, you know? Like the six six months, it was five days a week with her, those hours. And then I would bring her back to her mom and I would come back here and be like, now what the fuck happens <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the rest of the day? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, we started this Patreon thing. That has been a lifesaver, mm-hmm. um, both like financially stabilizing, but also like creatively archival project. Like it's been able to also like stand in for a community with the audience, which is kind of cool. It's different than a show, but something, yeah. some kind of. Um, I also feel like I fucking blinked,
0: and like don't I can't believe it's nine months later. Mm-hmm. We met back in fucking two thousand one, and that's insane enough. Like one the- of those shows up in like Newburgh or something. Where was that show? Uh, it was the Angry Penguin show. I'm looking at Kenny because he yes. might remember. But it was in like Mayapack. up like kind of up. Yeah, upstate, it was right. It was, it was like in like Upper Westchester County, which is if, you, if yeah, if you don't know that, if you're listening, Upper Westchester County is like past new york it's the first thing past like new york city like going north like in the opposite direction of like long island
1: yeah yeah we did it's so funny those those things because like i was thinking about this today in thinking about this Mm -hmm. i don't even fucking remember like when shows like that would come together I don't even remember anymore like how you got on someone's radar how that because this was like the internet was around but Mm -hmm. we weren't like using it the way we use it now at all this was Mm -hmm. literally like I was still putting like my fucking dorm room (laughs) or my parents phone number in like seven inches demos like I, I was like cutting and printing and handing out flyers I was sending like Physical packages to pr- like indie promoters all over the tri state area, like book our band or to or going to see other bands playing, like handing them our shit, that kind of stuff. So, I don't even remember how we got on there's certain radars we got on that I don't remember if it was because like another band hooked it up or because someone heard from someone, heard from someone that mm-hmm. got the CD at a show or you know, like. And on and on and on. But I remember we did several of those Angry Penguin shows.
0: Yeah. And Um, it was dope, man. It was I fucking loved those shows. They were great. Because everybody came out. Like it was like all the kids in that area needed something to do. And it didn't matter what band was playing. That's right. Yeah. And it was one of those things where like Kenny's band were they were kind of like the kings of the local scene at that point. Like they were just like this. They were this crazy like screamo, but not like screamo before screamo was the a thing like that yeah, yeah yeah yeah. this was like 2001 and you know that yeah. whole era yep. and it was you know but that's the thing you guys were completely different than them and, and that the was i feel were, like
1: a thing in those shows where you could have that was like i feel like right at the last minute before some bands that were either of or tangential to our scene whatever the fuck that does and doesn't mean like blew up blew yeah. up blew up in a way where they were like on mtv too or there was like K like k-rock was playing them sometime. you know like there was this moment where that stuff kind of like the where like the they were right before it happened it was like you had things like the get up kids percolating and then mm-hmm. it was like different dashboards saves the day like those bands were like on tv all of a sudden yes you were like
0: oh shit And I remember, like, remember Benji and Joel Madden from Good Charlotte, like, hosted their own little, and, but that's the thing. They played, like, good shit. I mean, at least. They liked good, they liked music that was,
1: that was from the thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: They were fucking blasting Rancid on there, like, all the time. Right. And fuck, man, like, not many other people were doing that. It was Kind of no, cool. and they,
1: certainly not like celebrities. They were like the, but that was the thing. That was like the moment where I feel like you really saw it. That was the last moment where it went from like fifteen passenger vans at VFW halls <laughs> to like all of a sudden some of these vans could sell three thousand tickets somewhere, and it was like a and and more and up and up and up and away. But I definitely know those shows. It really did feel like you could have like. Indie rock band, emo band, screamo band, singer-songwriter guy, fucking, like, you know, grind court Like, you could have, like, five things that were bit all over the place, and it sort of all was okay. It yeah. Made, it made sense.
0: Everybody you know? was just kind of like, yeah. I mean, and I remember, like, merch wasn't too much of a thing, but it was kind of a thing because Kenny's band had gotten, like, trucker hats made. And I remember that was – yeah. That was one of the first shows I think I met you guys. I met Miracle of '86 at, and I remember like buying the trucker hat that night. Or I was—I don't know if I was selling merch or not, but it was that was before for, I for, knew for, for, for Kenny's, Kenny's band. Were you
1: selling merch for Kenny? Yo, know, yeah. what's so funny about that is I don't think this is like not a, a proud admission. I don't think I understood the the, the value of the merch thing till like. Fucking two thousand eight, seven or eight <laughs> or something. Like I know Miracle. If we had a T-shirt that we had like twenty five of at a show, mm-hmm. that was like oh we brought the merch, CDs and like a T-shirt. And it wasn't like until a few years until after Miracle had stopped and I was doing my own thing and touring nationally and starting to get like of whatever nominal profile started to exist Mm -hmm. that i was like oh if you play with a band like brand new and you bring merch you might (laughs) sell five like i think we did a show in 2004 with them where i like for me this was like i was first of four and i did like 500 in merch you know what i mean and i was like Holy shit, you can make an extra five hundred dollars a night on these shows if you just like bring some fucking t-shirts with you. I was so fucking oblivious about so many things, like for until someone else had to be like, yo, you have to fucking make merch. It's not that we can't talk about this anymore. You know, what I would be like, Yeah. Okay, sorry, fine. Well,
0: dude, it's crazy anyway. because I remember like I remember like the whole miracle of eighty six thing and I knew you from then and I had known you I'd known that you were doing well. Like so to me, I you probably I,
1: knew that before I did. That's great. Yeah, well, I, I, dude, I still sometimes I'm like, am I doing well? No, nah, man, <laughs> that's it's cool. It's did one of those things
0: that? to where I feel like I've been like an observer of your career for so many years, and not in like you know, not in like I'm going to show up outside your window kind of thing. <laughs> but I'm actually outside. Danny, <laughs> hey, what's up? I'm, I'm here. I'm coming hour in. Forty-two minutes, huh?
1: Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it's a cool Zoom background. You got yeah, exactly.
0: This is all fake, but yeah. I feel like, you know, I've seen you kind of like, cause you know, you were always nice back in the day. And I was like, I'm just, I hope this guy is doing well. And you know, that's opened. good. And then in 2010, it was crazy because I had just moved to Brooklyn. I was, that was like the first time I really lived on my own without living with like an, a girlfriend or something. Like I was, where were you before that? I was living on the Upper East Side with my ex mm. my ex-girlfriend at the time. Well, like oh wow. Now my ex-girlfriend, but we lived up there for uh, I'd say like 7 or 8 months we lived together okay. in like her mom's like apartment because her mom was in oh, Florida. Wow. So it was okay. like Okay, so yeah. It was sick, dude. It was a dope spot. But then, you know, whatever, <laughs> it happened and we broke up. But and my mom was like, "Well, you can live back with us." And I was like, yeesh. I was like, yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be twenty eight this year. I I love you, obviously, and you know, that's would never have been a problem, but I think it just for me I had to move out.
1: <laughs> I had a post breakup interstitial moment where I lived back with my mom for about two months, also mm-hmm. the year I turned twenty eight. Two thousand seven.
0: Oh wow. Yeah, oh, and it was okay.
1: it was not anybody's preference but it was necessary for a couple Mm -hmm. months there's like a living situation that had to get figured out and i just i haven't i don't think about that that often but that was definitely weird that was definitely a like uh okay cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm a grown-ass person and i'm living in your guest room at your condo and you're like (laughs) she was great but it was also kind of like i gotta get the fuck out of here and yeah, you dude. need for me to get the fuck out of here. But thanks for let letting me hang out for a little while. Exactly. Yeah, nice I had to do mom. that.
0: It's great having a mom and a dad who fucking, for me at least, like who both are like, all right, you're an idiot, but we're going to help you out.
1: We love you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Totally. We got like you when back. I moved,
0: when I moved back from California before I got this spot, I actually like lived with them, but I was on tour as well. So it was like, yeah, been, yeah, I, was, yeah. a different I was there thing. for probably two weeks total, but I lived with them for a little bit and just like, was kind of like waiting. And it was, yeah. it was cool because, you know, I wasn't there that much, but when I was there, I remember being like, okay, I got to find a place like shit. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm not 14. This is weird. But anyway, 2010. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: 2010. Back to that. So I had been living in Brooklyn and I had just, I had just gotten off like a great run of shows with Silverstein. Like Mm. we had done, we did a U.S. tour that was okay. It was like a B market run, but it was all right. It was like leading into a European tour. And then we did Europe for a month with Billy Talent and the Cancer Bats. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And Billy Talent, we were playing like fucking... Arenas like in Switzerland, bro. It was insane.
1: But that's ins- that band. So so this is a world where not to get you too far off, off track. But, that, but that's a world I obviously know those bands' names. Mm-hmm. But I, I never knew so Billy Talent, is that a Canadian band?
0: Where are they yes. from? They're from I think they're from like the suburbs of Toronto, and all those bands actually yes. are. All three of them are.
1: So they were on this festival in Australia that I did in 2008 called Soundwave. Oh yes. And yes. they were that guy, I don't remember the singer of Billy
0: Talent. Mm-hmm. Ben, the guy, the little guy or not the not so Ian, the guy fucking, with the hair. It was I think
1: it was I think it was Ben. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that guy was like but he was really so fucking sweet on that tour. Such a sweet nice guy. I don't think I ever I don't know if he ever saw me play and I don't know if I ever mm-hmm. saw their band play, but we had like multiple meals together. And I was just like, Oh, this is a nice guy. <laughs> like we dude, just kind of
0: kicked it. But I, then I remember so being cool. like,
1: Oh, this band's enormous in these, in some of these places. And I had no idea.
0: Yeah. It's dude, it was crazy. They are just such a big band and some of them not in the States, obviously, because it's obviously America's weird, but they're yeah, huge yeah, yeah. everywhere. They're just, it's like Biffy Clyro. Like yes, yeah, yeah, like the same thing. Like they're a little bit too out of the box to be mainstream here, but everywhere else, it's like they're playing arenas and it's Also, like with the, yeah,
1: yes. Well, over there, it's like they're the fucking Foo Fighters or something. It's like <laughs> here, I think what's interesting is well, it's to me and again, this is I I, I live the level I live at and that's that's mm-hmm. what I make and that's how I do what I do. But mm-hmm. it does strike me that like loud rock bands, there's just nowhere for them to... There's not like big rock bands anymore that are under the age of like 40. It's Green Day, it's the Foo Fighters, it's, there's not like a 25-year-old band that's selling out arenas. That's like a punk rock band. Is there... I don't know anything about it, if there I, is.
0: I mean a day to remember but they're not really like they're not radio rock they're kind of like hardcore heavy they're like poppy hardcore kind of stuff which is funny because
1: they're all like huge they're like huge cult bands Mm -hmm. that sell some of them do really well but they're none of them are like if you put on top 40 radio driving around somewhere you will not hear a rock song anywhere on that so I feel like a band like like um Biffy or something and it's like where are they even supposed to be played on the radio over here to get to that place you know what I mean but but yeah. I do know like they play Irving Plaza here and then over there they're like literally playing Wembley
0: Yeah they're headlining Reading and Leeds and remember when Trent yeah. Reznor Trent Reznor like talked shit about them because he was like some unknown band is playing after us or he said something along those lines and- Oh I didn't know that Oh, dude, look it up. Google, Google Trent Reznor, Biffy Clyro. It's funny as fuck. Cause I saw and what Simon. A bummer. Like, yeah, nicest yeah.
1: people in the world. That guy Simon is also such a sweetheart.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is like, I won't tell too much because hopefully I can get Simon on here one day. But basically, Biffy just did what Biffy did. They uh, tried to accommodate them as much as possible. Like, hey, we can do this. Like, we can make this work. But Trent yeah. Reznor, I guess. And this is all out in the open. I guess Trent Reznor was like, no, this is, we have our show and this is how our show has to go. Da 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 right. da. And they were like, well, no.
1: <laughs> no. We're the ones playing at this time, at this place. And I'm sorry that's hard for your ego, but this is what we're doing.
0: Yeah. And the fact that they were trying so hard to accommodate before, like, I mean, even me, like, Back then, and maybe even now, I'd be like, go fuck yourself, bro. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? Like, you're an asshole. Like,
1: <laughs> I know. And everybody's, every, it brings out everybody's inner five year old. It's not the best. Uh, it, it, that's, that's, while, while there are aspects of the whole thing that are therapeutic, there's also aspects of it that drive you to actual therapy. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Yo, everybody's got to grow the fuck up and stop being like, uh, uh well, well like you know that's like literally throwing a tantrum because you're playing at 9 p.m instead of 11 p- or whatever 8 p.m instead of 10 p.m at Reading. get the fuck yeah over like, it. like oh
0: your light your light rig doesn't work but you your fucking songs work shut the fuck up like yeah, yeah make-
1: and you're nine inch nails these people are it, it's okay
0: it's gonna <laughs> yeah,
1: be fine make but it i work. keep fucking throwing you off so you'd come back from the oh, silverstein yeah. tour yeah right
0: so i'd come back from the silverstein tour I was in a really good space. I was living with, (laughs) I was subletting an apartment and I was living with three females who I never met before. And it was just like through my mom's friend, like her daughter, her daughter lived in Brooklyn and her daughter was going on a theater tour. Mm. So she needed somebody to sublet the apartment. And I basically was like, I had to go in and meet all of them before and just like do like a hang out with her and do like a test run and just, so they knew yeah. you know i'm living with it can
1: we hack it yeah 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 yeah
0: and it was one of those things to where i was barely there like and when i was there the the ladies that i lived with all had jobs so one of them was going to school and like working at a bar and another one was living in the country she was from scotland and actually True. she got yeah she got detained after that and she was deported oh, essentially shit. yeah 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 really fucked um and then the other one was just like kind of like more of a neurotic girl who like had just moved to new york from ohio
1: and it was it
0: was wild like it was one of those things to like where we would have chats and i'm like oh boy you you really have the thing like just the things she would say yeah
1: you're anxious (laughs) you're worried yeah yeah yeah
0: but also like you know the the casual like little like racist homophobic things i was like she was right 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 yeah she was she was kind of like learning as she went and i'm like well maybe don't say this and don't definitely don't say that (laughs) so why don't you get
1: all of that out in the walls of this apartment so when you leave here you don't get fucking killed because you uh, say the wrong thing in the wrong context yeah
0: exactly also like maybe it was, think
1: about this stuff beyond what you're saying maybe consider that some of these ideas might be a little outdated <laughs>
0: yeah. that's yeah. yeah that's definitely like one of those things to where it's like okay you should probably think differently I'm sorry to say this yeah but maybe you Here, should read it. this book <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah this yeah. is a great book check <laughs> this out um, this is this is called the good Lord bird please please read this yeah um, yeah. But anyway, so I was kind of, things were going great. I was, you know, young and single and fucking New York was, that was when Brooklyn was kind of coming up. So, you know, oh, I was
1: just, certainly
0: yeah. Like that was like the kind of the thing and it was great. And then I remember I'd started working at the music hall of Williamsburg because that was pretty close to me. Like I could walk there. And I think the night that you played there with Mattis Yahoo I'm not sure if that was a snowstorm that night, dude. It was, so, so this this is the thing. I don't want to blow your mind.
1: Blow my mind, please. <laughs> it was it was this. I'm I'm almost positive that it was 2009, and the reason I say that is because it was a blizzard the night before, mm. and the night before was my 30th birthday, and I we had like a party at a bowling alley in Sunset Park for my 30th birthday. Oh, and shit. then next night we play, we got asked to do, we got a, 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 our booking agent, Andrew Ellis, sent me a thing that he was like, yo, this might sound weird, but I think it, should, it would be fun. And they asked, like, we got an email from Modest Yahoo's booking agent that was like, we're doing <laughs> this thing, this Festival of Lights, it's six shows at, at different venues around the city. And for the music hall show, we would like Kevin to open Mm-hmm. And I was like fuck yeah of course I'll do that that's great like it's like like it fits in with the thing like whether it's grindcore or Modest yahoo that's cool I'll play with whoever exactly. and and it can make sense and I what I do remember though was I was convinced that show was going to get canceled because it was like it was like an historic snowstorm. Like there was like eighteen inches of snow or something fucking crazy, nuts. And it didn't get canceled, and we we came through and played. So that's where anyway. Yeah, that brings us to
0: <sighs> that's we fucking so, yeah. insane, dude. I can't. I didn't know that that was like almost. In, um, if you never showed up at that show, I don't know where my life would have gone. To be honest with you, because wow, dude, it's crazy, bro. So like, I think like reconnecting with you at that show and kind of talking to Matheson and then subsequently right. he
1: was there. That's right. He came into
0: town. That's right. Yeah. And then, you know, I got the Manchester job and then that led to everything else that happened in the past 10 years for me. So, so did I really Matheson that, introduced you to, to Manchester. No, he was, I started talking to him. He came up to me cause I was selling Mattis Yahoo's merch and, um, he me and you had kind of like reconnected and like you know it was cool like i was like oh yeah we met back in the day it was like oh shit all right whatever yeah and then um matheson just kind of came and started talking to me and was like hey like so do you tour and i was like yeah like yeah I, i i'm just i'm off right now and silverstein's not touring until like they weren't touring until like april at that point so it was just I was off and that was it. And I was not really looking for anything. I was just it was like I'll stay in Brooklyn and chill and work at venues for See a little what bit. Comes. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that was the first time I kinda like dialed it back and like was like, I'm okay, like in like six years at that point. And I was like, mm. I'm I'm all right. Mm-hmm. Like I can just chill and like work and do that. And then yeah, man, it's it that just changed the that slingshot me into like a completely different life. <laughs>
1: Wow, that's so wild! I don't know if I ever fully realized
0: that hinge, like that. That's so cool. I love that, dude. Yeah, it's like that's and I. I mean, I tell I've mentioned it on here before too, like with Kaylee. I think the other night we were t- we kind of touched on that too, and like Chris Farron and stuff. And oh, that's just, cool. You had the I didn't realize you talked to the two of them. That's awesome. I'm getting everybody, man. I'm just getting everybody yeah. that I've toured with. That I know that I could have just a good chat with, like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. To where it's not like I'm interviewing you, really. Like, no, was just
1: talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But it's one of those things also where, like, after I've done a few people, I'm like, oh fuck, they just did this, and this album came out like two days ago, and we didn't even talk oh, that, about but it.
1: I, but you know what? I actually feel like that's. Um, I can't speak for anybody else, but I think that's refreshing, if because because it's kind of cool to. Also, by the way, anybody who's done this enough is seasoned enough to know that even in a context where you're talking to your friend, if you want to promote something, you'll find a way to fucking talk about it. You'll see what have you been up to? Oh man, I just made this record. It came out two days ago. You know what I mean? Like there's a fucking way to do that. Everyone's a pro. It's it's uh, great
0: because that's what Kenny brought up to me. He was like, yo, you got to understand, bro. All these people, anytime I get stressed or like I get like down on myself, he's like, bro, you got to understand, like even before I did Butch Walker it was particular he was like yo Butch has been interviewed more times than you have interviewed anybody so hey, he's, a, he's a 75 knows- year
1: old man <laughs> 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 I fucking love that dude I'll tell you a quick story about him if yeah. if, uh, if, if, if that's a value of course I met so like there used to be a club called it's no longer there it was called the Tribeca Rock Club do you remember that place it was only there for like a year and a half it was in Tribeca Oh, no, um, I don't remember that. And I think and I think what happened was it was the people I think and this part I could be wrong about but I think it was the people who ran wetlands Oh like wow because I was in, on Light Street in Tribeca they yeah. opened I think it was them and I think the or the Booker somebody opened this other place that was a little bit more like Wetlands was a little, like, funky on purpose, like a little punk rock, yeah. also a little, like, jam band, like... And the stage uh, was, like,
0: this high. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> And this was, like, more, like, pianos or brownies or Mercury Lounge or something right. like that, this place. Okay, gotcha. So at this point, it was early for me. Miracle might have even still been around, but I was starting to play my own shows as well. Mm-hmm. And... I got asked to open for Butch by this guy, Jonathan Daniel, who I think has worked with Butch as his manager for like 20 fucking years. I think
0: so too. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I believe that. And there was a point where Matheson introduced me to this guy, Jonathan. Jonathan actually gave me my very first, like very, to me, as a person who was like working in an office and uh, I was delivering food for this place in in Williamsburg. And he gave me like a very a boutique publishing deal, but it was like a little bit of money that allowed for me to like do less of that stuff to like be doing music more. I was still working, but I was, and so he was like trying to get me on shows with people and trying to connect me to people, Mm -hmm. Jonathan. So he's like, I want you to play with this guy, Butch Walker. And I was like, I didn't know Butch's stuff, but Mm. I was like, us i was 23 i was drunken on drugs all the time i was it was a crapshoot as to which version of me showed up on any given day right. but i was also like that thing that like you're so insecure about whether or not what you're doing is any good that you're like judgy about whatever anybody else is doing to protect yourself from it
0: yep.
1: um and i saw butch at the sound check and i was like instantly like knew his story in my head. Like, this is like a rocker guy. And I'm like, I think I'm this like indie rock kid. And I don't know what the fuck. And he was so disarmingly sweet. So nice. Saw his Mm -hmm. soundcheck. So good. The song construction. It was so clear to me that I was like, Oh, this dude's like a fucking, like, you know, every, he just really had it all together. Mm -hmm. So welcoming, so inviting. So I play my, my, my set. And, he afterwards comes up and he's like so effusive, complimentary. And I was like, really? Like, oh, this is – he didn't have to say any of that shit. Yeah. But also you're like, I don't know if anybody you – know, you you're also part of the insecurity. He's like, I don't know if anybody means anything they say. He might have just been like being of nice course. to be nice. Yeah. The, sh- the show ends – And we're having a drink or whatever in the backstage downstairs. And he, I'll never forget this. It was so, it was maybe 2002 or three. Wow. He brought down like 10 of his friends. Uh huh. And he was like, Yo, Kevin, this is, I just actually got chills because it was such a genuine (laughs) thing. He was like, Yo, Kevin, can you play the second and fifth songs from your set again? for these guys and i was like this motherfucker watched the set played his <laughs> headlining show and was like oh i remember these two songs in particular stood out would you mind showing those to my friends and i was like yeah of course and to this day like i don't see him often we did some shows together in 2006 mm-hmm. i think uh-huh. but we we like email every once in a while text every once in a while yeah you know, communicate where where play an odd show once every five years somewhere. Of course, yeah. That is one of the realest fucking people that does what we do, that circulates in the world we circulate in. And for someone who's had the degree of success as a producer, as an artist, as a writer, to be as fucking grounded in reality as that guy is – and as I know it's an overused word, but when it's, when it's, when it's applicable, it sh- should be used. It gets abused on people who don't deserve it. That's a humble guy. That's a guy who's really like, he just shows up and does his fucking thing. And uh, I'll never forget that. I really legitimately was like, it disarmed every ounce of defensive indie rock bullshit in me. I was just like, this is like the nicest realist dude. And it was a lesson. It was like, just
0: be a fucking real person. Hey, everybody. Danny here. If you have a minute, be sure to check out stories.net to learn about how we are supporting members of the touring community with your help. That's stories.net. S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S dot net. That's so crazy that Dude, That's that's amazing because, I mean, I toured with Butch and... it's real like that shit he's he's a he's a real motherfucker like there's no bullshit with that that guy is straight up one of the best dudes and it's crazy that that happened to you because touring with him came at a time where i was like i was like lost at that point man i was i just i just ended a relationship and moved back to new york and i was like I was like 220 pounds, like terribly. Like, in my opinion, I was just like not. Oh, this well. was after California? This was after California. So I left yeah, for, the I for that. Yeah, I you
1: saying you came back from that in a kind of rough was, place. Yeah. It was,
0: yeah, because I just remember like those gaslight shows and just that summer and everything was just like draining. Like, it was just, mm. it was like I, it needed to happen, which is a good thing. But, and I turned down the Butch Walker tour at first mm. because. I was like, yo, I got to go to California and get my shit, and I have to do all this. And then, like, I kind of thought about it and talked to a couple homies about it, and I hit up Brian about it, too. And I was like, yo, should I go on tour with Butch Walker? Like, is he cool? And Brian's like, yes, you need to tour with Butch Walker, especially after what's happened to you and all this shit. And I was like, "Yeah," right. and. It was amazing, bro. And he's one of the first ones I had on this, too. So
1: I love that. I love that. Yeah. No, it's, it's funny great. how people show up similar to the story about the fucking Madison Yahoo show. I'm not somebody who necessarily believes that, like, there's like some architect putting, making things happen. That seems a little, for me, that's a little much. But I do think there is a certain, people do show up in your life sometimes at the craziest moment. And even if you can't identify that in the moment, later you're like, holy shit like if that doesn't happen, doesn't happen then this doesn't happen then this doesn't happen then this doesn't happen and here you are and that's cool that yeah. he's part of that like constellation yeah. for you
0: and i'm looking at i'm looking at everybody like i can yeah. think about you know when i met andy for the first time when i met brian when i met like perkins and just all these people who have been yeah. like, integral to helping me throughout my life whether they know it or not and yep like, totally oh yeah oh yeah
1: and that's the thing too, I think doing what we do and coming from the place we come from, I mm. can draw a thousand dotted line to like the Rock Palace in Staten Island at 14. Oh my And the God. fucking, whoever the fuck those people were that were running hardcore shows there that were like, yeah, we'll let your shitty band play first of four. Because that from that, every step, every micro step Gets here, yes. And I really can authentically. It's funny because sometimes I think I might over mm-hmm. connect to that. But it, it, to me, I really do authentically feel as much of a debt to those people as I do to anybody I met that like made it more professional in my like twenties or thirties or whatever. Because I don't even mm. get to get to those people if those people aren't like like the first show I ever played. I was fourteen. Well, wow. we played a show at a dance at my high school as a three-piece <laughs> with no bassist. And it was two guitar players and a drummer. It was a five-song set. It was a fucking benefit show. I was thir- 14 for muscular dystrophy. Okay. And we did two original songs. We did a, a Nirvana song, a Guns N' Roses song, and a Stone Temple Pilots song. And this dude came up to me who was a 16-year-old. He was a junior. I was a freshman in high school. And he was like, Guns N' Roses suck, Stone Temple Pilots suck, Nirvana's great, and your original songs were actually kind of cool, but you need a bass player, I'll be your bass player. And this ended up being the guy who was a miracle with me for like fucking 10 years, this guy, Chris McAllen. Oh, so God. he joins the band, the other guitar <laughs> player quits, and that dude, whose name was Jimmy Gaffigan, is now oh. like a conductor for an orchestra in Switzerland, James Gaffigan or something, which makes sense because when we were 14, he was the motherfucker that could play like every note to every Metallica and slash guitar solo flawlessly. I was like playing Smells Like Teen Spirit and he was like fucking playing all this shit. But anyway, (laughs) somehow McGowan knew kids in the Staten Island punk and hardcore scene. And he was like, there's a show May 7th. If we want to play it, we can be the first. We can play the show. We can open the show. I had to like talk to my parents and they were like my dad's (laughs) rule was like I'll drive you there. And I have to like wait outside, but you can go in and do the show as long as and (laughs) it was a month after Kirk Cobain died. So I don't know the rules about anything. I'm 14 and it's a (gasps) hardcore show. So we get up, we play five of our own songs. And four Nirvana covers the month after Kurt Cobain's dead at a hardcore show, not like, and every (laughs) fucking, there was only like 50 people in the room, maybe 30, but everybody in the room is like this. And as soon as our set ended this, like, I thought they were like, they might as well have been 40. They were 18, but these like fucking (laughs) hardcore kids came up to me and they were like, yo, you guys are all right. This kid's I'll never forget. This one kid, Seth was like, But yo, don't ever fucking do that again. Like don't do some shit like that. Like you can't get up and play like Nirvana songs. Like Nirvana's all right. Nirvana was like the furthest those people could go because at least they came from punk music. So they were like, Nirvana's all right, but that dude just fucking killed himself. You can't play those fucking songs at this. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm 14. 14." I have no (laughs) idea. Yeah. Like I have baby fat. I'm wearing pumps or something. Like I'm just fucking playing. Like, am I allowed? I think I had sweatpants on, you know what I mean? Like, so, uh, but uh, to me, that show is as, and I'm not being fucking cute when I say this, that show is as important <laughs> as like fucking playing Coachella or something like that was. Cause it was like, you don't get to do any of that shit. If that show doesn't happen, if yeah. someone's not like, yeah, come do this thing anyway, I'm rambling, but yeah, no, that's, that's
0: perfect because you're right. Because I'm sure we have Coachella stories. I mean, of course, but like none of them are as meaningful as that story. Uh, no,
1: no. <laughs> the only thing I would say about that, and I don't bring that up to be name dropping at all to me, uh-huh. The fact when we got offered that mm-hmm. it was on Brothers Blood, it will it will never happen again. It's insane to me that it ever happened at all. And we <laughs> did like that. We did uh, that was the first time for me that we did like we did Lollapalooza, Bonnaroo, and then Ellis and Bonnaroo. Uh, those happened. Coachella was going to be the first one of the three. Oh, wow. oh no, no, sorry. We did Lollapalooza in '09. Okay, and then it, oh, we toured Brothers Blood '09 and '10. And we had already gotten a Bonnaroo offer. Somehow it was earlier, because that happens later than Coachella. But the mm-hmm. offer already came in. I was like, fuck, this is amazing. But they were like, you know, a $1,000 offer or something to play at like, you know, 1 p.m. on like the, yeah. bug, the, the Schlitz beer stage or whatever. But it was fucking amazing that we got them. I felt like, yeah. when, uh, to me, it was like an insurrection that we got offered that. But the Coachella one, Ellis sent that. <laughs> and the email said, Coachella, when I opened it, it said, This is how you pull a rabbit out of your ass. And it was a Coachella offer. And I was like, I remember being like, I called him and I was like, Is this real? And he was like, Yeah. And that was the year. This is the only thing I'll say about that for me. All of it, the whole time, I felt like I was like, Oh, this is, that was a thing where I very clearly not felt like an imposter, but felt like just have fun at this because it's insane. It's happening and it's never going to happen. This is like, you're, you're, you're amongst the aliens now. But that was the year that it was like, pavement reunion sunny day real estate reunion if you had told 14 year old me at the rock palace (laughs) you will play a festival in six in uh in 20 whatever fucking years no 16 years you'll play a festival with pavement and sunny day real estate i would have been like Oh, I'll just quit music now. That's cool. Like, like not like, you know, like, if you, if you mean, like, I don't have to, I, I can, sorry, what I mean to say is I'll sign up for that today if it means, like, the day after it happens that I, I, I have to quit. Yeah. Like, because those were, like, bands I was, like, in my basement listening to all fucking day. That's yes. what I take away from a thing like Coachella, not, like, who the fuck I saw backstage. or We played at, like, noon to a half full tent. Like,
0: yeah. it's cool that we even got to do it. Exactly. But, yeah, Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well dude, wait, did you play Bonnaroo in 2008? You did. I
1: think. We played Bonnaroo in 2010 and mm. 14. 2010 was the year that bon- Manchester was there and all had like Andy was doing interviews
0: on the bus. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep, I remember. I'm not going to say his name, but somebody uh, in particular's handler Yes. Not handler. I shouldn't say that. Like tour manager. Their tour yeah. manager. Chelsea Handler. She was fucked Chelsea up. Chelsea Handler. Yeah. She was
1: in bad shape. <laughs> but she was on an herbal ecstasy. And yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Lots of uh C B D. Yeah. Yeah. But um but he had told me he was like <laughs> Cornbread look. Dick. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go corn. ahead, go ahead. I'll stop now. Somebody So handler. Corn Cornbread Dick tells me. Um yeah, yeah. he's like he's like, look, he's like, so and so is sober right now. He had a bad Bust up and just like make sure like when he's on the bus, you know, Andy doesn't, you know, give him a beer or whatever. Yeah. 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 It was one of those things to where it was like, I told Andy and I was like, look, like do this. But also it was like, well, he's a grown-ass man, too. Homie's like, a
1: grown-up. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. hopefully he's got systems in place. to. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like maybe just don't come on the bus then if you think you're going to derail because that person actually did ask Andy for something, and Andy was like, no, like, you know. Uh, no, let, ha,
1: ha, you know, let's have a conversation. Sit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. man, and it's one of those things. But, you know, that's – But again, that's just another moment in touring of somebody like who's struggling in, in their own way, you know. Well, that's certainly a thing about – I will.
1: I will say it's interesting. You. It's been ringing around in my head since you said it earlier because I actually never really thought about touring is therapeutic in some ways, and also. There are lots of things about it that I think encourage like a suspended animation where people get to be like, it's like a Peter Pan thing. People can be like, ad- they can lean into being a perpetual adolescent. Yeah, all right. All of us have struggled with a version of that. Mm-hmm. I think it also can be a disassociating thing where like you have two lives, how you live when you're out, how you live when you're home. It's a struggle sometimes, like fuse those two things to keep them tied. Um, and, and definitely I think... You can. I think it can be. um It's weird because it's both like a. It's like a. It's like it's like a ridiculous way to make a to make a, a way in the world, mm-hmm. and there are really unique pressures to it that are like you're not working in a coal mine, you're not working in a factory, but there's like a weird loneliness to it. There's a weird like aimlessness. There, there's also like I know there's a point where you're like I've definitely been at like. Week six of a seven week tour, week five of a seven week tour, where you still have like a bit to go and weird shit happens in your head. It's real hard to keep like on the beam. Um, And so I can definitely identify with. Somebody being like, uh, you know, it's like you're a a satellite re-entering the orbit and like you're burning up and fucking shit's flying up. Yeah, yeah. And you get home and you can't wait to get home and you get home and like the second day you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? What is, what is this?
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's crazy because you're right. And it's one of those things like you've, you did, you've done the last, like how many years have you been sober for? I've actually
1: been sober for the bulk I've been sober for twelve and a half years.
0: Okay, wow. But
1: I, but I was, I didn't start. That's right. When you said eighteen years earlier about touring, like I toured. The um, first tour tour I ever did was two thousand one. But I wow. toured from two thousand one to I would say six.
0: Uh huh.
1: Like, I was still. Working other Mm -hmm. jobs, I was I wasn't like it wasn't what I was doing as a profession yet. Even for the first two records on Triple Crown, I wasn't making enough money as a musician to not. I was like working other jobs. At one point, I was on unemployment. Um, Wow! It wasn't until 2005. I, I somehow. I mean, it's like a. It's like a. It's like someone else's life at this point. But it was. I somehow was one of the last people like me to like sneak in the door and get like, I got like a very modest deal to make a record for capital.
0: Oh, wow. And that That's was right. the
1: thing that like there, there was like enough. It was again, especially by like, it wasn't Jay-Z money or anything, but it was very, <laughs> it was, it was enough to be like, Oh, I can leave my job and just okay. do this. And then uh touring kind of nonstop from 2000, late 2006 to kind of like 2013, Damn, 14. Dude. I feel like I was on tour for most of, I was, I mean, you know, there were patches where you were home for, but I was on tour as much as I was at home, if not more, mm-hmm. for like a good eight years, I would wow. say. But most of that was sober. 2006, seven, eight, I was like in and out.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. But from, gotcha. But from
1: spring of 2008 to now was sober.
0: Yeah, man. And I feel like that kind of gives you a different, it definitely gives you a different perspective because you don't have that to like hold on to. And, you know, with me that now, I mean, I, I still, I still enjoy a beverage. Of here course. And there, yeah. But it's so much less now to where it's not, you know, I mean, it's not like I was relying on it, but it was also like, alcohol wasn't the problem. I was the problem. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just saying like, that was basically like one of those things to where it was like, should I go to AA meetings? Right. And I was like, no, I don't need to do that. I just need to fucking not use it to make me happy when I'm sad. Right. I need to face this head on.
1: Circumstantial. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I believe that some people are, are capable of making that shift. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people are able to make that shift toward moderation. Yeah. Every time I tried that for Mm -hmm. about five years, it didn't really, I didn't really, my field research did not indicate to me that I knew how (laughs) to do that very responsibly or consistently. Mm -hmm. And then when I would try to do things like transition from one thing to another thing, I would start doing that thing the way I had been doing the thing prior. Like if I was like, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to do Coke, I'm just going to smoke weed then all of a sudden I was like buying weed the way I bought coke anytime anybody had a drink I was like smoking a bowl like I I, it just became this thing where I was like I don't think I know how to do any of this like a gentleman like I think I just want to do it like a pig all the time because we're in pain or we're bored Mm -hmm. or we have a space to fill or we don't Mm -hmm. want to look at something or we're genetically predisposed to those things or all of that and yes. so touring is a perfect place, especially when it's like sometimes you get paid in beer and drugs, or or at least your pay is augmented that way, yeah. Like yeah. especially early. It was like, oh, here's a cut. Maybe you got a hundred bucks to play a show, but here's a 24-pack of Bud and some fucking weed. And I remember once at Maxwell's, the promoter, just when I was trying to start to get sober, mm-hmm. he had no idea. And he was a, of course, not... Yeah. not Todd, who owned Maxwell's, was an mm-hmm. independent promoter. I don't want to – Todd was not who I'm throwing under the bus here. But there was this guy who – I was literally two months initially dry, abstinent. This would have been like July of 2005. Okay. And when I went in to collect my $150 from my set at Maxwell's or whatever it was, he put – he was beaming when I walked in. And I was like – yeah, I was like, oh, cool. You know, I was jittery and, and weird, but he yeah. was so stoked. And when I looked down at the money, he had put a bag of Coke on top of the money. And he was beaming because he was like, I hooked you up, bro. And I literally, like it was like a magician doing like the tablecloth trick. Like I took the money and ran. Out. I was like, got to go and like <laughs> ran out of the fucking room because I didn't trust myself to even be around it. I was like, yeah, because I just wanted to. So so that is just to say i I believe that you can do what you're describing doing. And mm. I just, every time I tried to do that, it never really worked for me. I didn't yeah. really have the, 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 the field research. And, oh, the one thing I want to say, too, though, about you saying it wasn't alcohol that was the problem, it was me. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe that to be true, whichever path the person is going down. And I know that when, I, when, I, when it first started to stick for me… Mm-hmm. There was a person that I met, and I was going to cancel. I had spent—not to turn this into some fucking war story thing—but I had spent three days in my apartment mm-hmm. in the end of August 2007. And that summer of 2007 was—it it, was—it had already been bad enough by 2005 that I was like, "I think I need to stop this." Mm-hmm. And then I spent 2005, six and seven, like shaky, but getting somewhere. Gotcha. In the summer of 2007, I was really on tour that whole year. In the summer of 2007, I just, like I needed, I couldn't, I couldn't hack it. Yeah. And I was like, I would get a week, I'd go nuts for a week. I would get two weeks, I would go nuts for uh, 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 three days. And it was getting weirder, more blackouts, more druggy, more like, but so I had spent three days in a particularly weird place in my apartment. And I went to ask for some help somewhere. And this one guy came up to me and said, like, I said, I think I got a cancel. He said, he identified to me as, like, I'm a musician, too. I I used to tour. He didn't any longer, but he was, like, I used to tour. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, oh, I could, like, talk to this guy. Yeah. And I said, like, I was fucked up. And I said, like, I think I need to cancel. I'm supposed to leave in a week Mm -hmm. for, like, five weeks. And it was, like. U.S. tour, Austin City Limits Festival, and then Europe. Oh, boy. And he was like, yeah, the problem isn't drug. The problem isn't, um, no, you don't have to quit touring. problem isn't touring. The problem is you just spent three days in your apartment doing cocaine and taking pills and drinking. You have to quit that. (laughs) So let's like figure out a way to like build some other practices in your life to help with that. But Mm. you could, let's see what happens if you go on the tour. Like, and he was, I went on that tour and I came back and I had 51 days sober. Like I was able to be like, and I think those experiences early, just to say about the, I think it was important to me to be able to see, like, I could go do our job Yeah, in bars, in clubs with other people who were drinking and doing whatever. And I could still not, I could build practices to keep myself from doing that. And I think that's been, not only has that been useful for me, I think it's been useful for when I've been around other people on tour who maybe are having an issue with that stuff to be able to have a person they can come to and be like, how the fuck are you doing that? And I can share that with them. If that makes any sense, but yeah. No,
0: it does. I definitely like when I, you know, stop when I kind of like, hit the brakes on everything and was like, all right, I got to get my shit together. I definitely like thought of you. I was like, mm. I was like, all right, KD did this. And he's oh, that's still,
1: use- that's cool. That's he's still useful. a goofy
0: motherfucker who I love. And it's yeah. still fun. And, and, so it's-
1: and also this guy's a fucking psycho and I've seen him be abs. <laughs> it's not like I got, I can definitely say that sobriety, sobriety didn't make me boring. <laughs> <laughs> in Dude. order to clarify the s- insanity in my mind, uh, no, just waking you guys up in your not. bunks at 4 a.m. to sing to you or whatever the fuck it is.
0: Dude, oh my. Well, here's the thing. It's I know we said 9.30, so I'm going to wrap we gotta, this up. No, look, I'll pee. Okay.
1: We'll come back and we'll do 10 more minutes. You're going to go to the bathroom right now? Yeah, and then I'm going to okay. come back and we're going to do 10 more minutes.
0: All right, let's do it. All right, from All right.
1: the point I come back, not
0: from right now. No, the point so I come back, we'll do okay. ten More minutes. We're talking right. about the bad books tour. Yeah, I'm coming okay. back. All right, let's do it. All right, we'll we'll chill. <laughs> hey everybody, Danny again. Be sure to head on over to stories.net to find out how the items featured in this episode could be yours, while also supporting a great cause. That's stories.net. S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S. Okay, so let's. <laughs> I can't even get through this tour without laughing. Probably. Of course not. It was. It was. There was a lot going on. So we'll talk about the first leg because the first leg it was fun, but it was it wasn't as eventful as the second leg but the first leg first
1: leg was chicago through the like effectively through like the 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 upper midwest the northeast a little bit of the atlantic states right like we got down to maryland i feel like
0: it was it was all east coast and it started it started in chicago Chicago at the metro yes oh i love that fucking yeah yeah which i
1: believe it closed oh no. i'm not a hundred percent sure but i think the metro is one of the ones that cl- it might have gotten rescued but it was like on the cusp of closing um anyway go ahead yeah
0: and yet they're building more venues everywhere that's a great use of money and resources good job kids good yeah. job, kids yeah. anyway anyway so that tour that first leg it was y- you myself uh brian turner who i found yeah. out is, everybody calls him bunny and I, mean, I never, I, yeah, that wasn't, no. I never
1: did that either for what it's worth, Danny. I, I always, I was always, he was Turner when I did, yeah. cause I met him through front bottom. I met him earlier, mm-hmm. but I traveled with him through front bottoms before, um, saves the day or any of his older school crew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where he's bunny. Yeah. I knew him. I knew him as Turner cause it was yeah. through. Yeah. Anyway. That so, was yeah. it. It
0: was just like, we yeah. knew him and like, he was. Great tour manager. He drove all the time and he was know, fucking yeah. awesome. I love that guy. Yeah. 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 He was great, man. And it was, you know, uh Caroline, Rob, and Andy. And it was yep. it was such sprinter a good man. crew, man. In a sprinter van. And I remember specifically, you know, you were obviously you were the you were sober <laughs> still. And you at night, uh Turner would be mm-hmm. driving and we wouldn't drive very far. It was like an hour, but like me, Andy, and Rob are like wasted in the back. And, you know, Caroline's trying to sleep, but the first three rows. She has are... like her
1: headphones on, like texting with her husband and, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah.
0: being Caroline. And we're just like, yeah. we're drunk and you're just egging us on. You're playing like an <laughs> old in the front seat. You got your shirt off. You're fucking singing free your mind. It's, dude.
1: <laughs> that was the drive, the drive from it was tr- it was i feel like it was actually from pittsburgh towards um That show in Silver, Maryland, somewhere we played with, we played like a, a, I can't remember what that venue is called now in Maryland because I actually was there like twice. Milk Boy, Milk Boy or Milk something. Yeah. And there there was a
0: Nando's there. I remember there was a Nando's right next to it.
1: Yes, 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 yes,
0: yes. yes. Uh Um,
1: And weirdly, like I'd never heard of that place in my life. And I played there in May of that year with John Sampson from Weaker Thens. Oh, nice. And then the next month, played there with Bad Books. It was like six oh, weeks later, right. I was back with Bad Books. And also like, well, I'm not going to shit. It not like necessarily a club you need to be at twice in six weeks. But no. um, but I remember that drive and, and it was like we were listening to Jock Jams, the Jock yes. Jams thing. And I, some gear switch, you know what it is, dude? It somewhat connects to everything, not to make something funny have like a more serious. I just think sometimes on tour you gotta like lean into the psychosis in a way that's like relieving of it. And it makes, I, I love, I look, I love making those two fucking people laugh for 13 years, making Andy and Rob like, and, and by extension our our people like making you. So if I could like be a jackass in that moment and like, like, cause you know, moments happen on tour where things get a little, some steam builds up, not steam, but some serious I don't know, some gunk yeah. in the channel. And if I can be the guy you can be like someone who occupies whatever my position is, which is like I'm one of the people getting up and playing and writing the songs and whatever, but also I can be the one who like takes himself the least seriously in the room to like take my fucking shirt off, gyrate my hips in Turner's face while he's driving. I <laughs> scream. Know. Like I loved, you know what I loved about that drive? Making him, and that's not good because we're driving that twisty (laughs) I-76, but I just was like, I'm going to make this motherfucker laugh. And he was like red, laughing, gripping the steering wheel because I was just screaming in his face and shit. Like... Yeah, no. <laughs> You're I know. screaming
0: En Vogue lyrics in his face.
1: <laughs> Coming back with you guys in the wheel well and like dancing, like in the little like. Dude, uh,
0: <laughs> you made your <laughs> rounds, man. We that was like a full on dance party. Actually, now that I'm yeah, remembering, right. it was really. Meanwhile, fun. Caroline's in the back with her headphones on, just like not knowing what. You know what the I fuck? love about
1: Caroline though? She's wonderful, but also on that tour from the rehearsals, mm-hmm. she knew Andy. They had they have a relationship, but I was like right. I'm not going to, like, I don't really, that's not really the way I've ever really been is like, I'm going to treat this person this way and this person. I was like, I'm just going to be myself. And we have a mutual friend who once said something to me that was like, you are the most serious. I don't know if this is true or not, but said to me, you are both the most serious and ridiculous person I've ever met in my life. And I was like, oh, I kind of see what you mean. Like there's both pieces in there. There's a lot of like, and I think, Maybe one necessitates the other. Like, they have to both be in there. But so with her, I was like, I'm going to be me. Mm -hmm. And that also means that at some point within 90 minutes of meeting her, I'm going to say something fucking totally insane. And she's (laughs) going to go like, what did he just say? You know? And that happened. And by the first night, she kind of said to me like, oh, Okay. And so from that point forward, like anytime with that stupid like elephant tidy, <laughs> like these dumb little ticks, turetic parts of my brain. I loved when I would hear her do it. Oh dude, I would, yeah. Yo, know, Caroline is like down. She's like, yo, you're a fucking weirdo and I'm here for it. You know? And so even in those moments, like she'd take the headphones off and be like, Oh, all right, this is fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, I'm in saying. Okay,
0: wait. wait is Kev- oh Kevin saying that? Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. No, But right. Thanos wasn't with us on that leg, right? Turner did front of house. Yes, it was Turner did front of house on that yes. and Thanos was with us on the bus leg. Of That's that, right. Yes. Which was the bus tour for that. Jeez, good lord. That there was There was a lot going on. That was
1: a layer cake experience, yeah.
0: It and and you were only with us on it for a little bit because you were kind of road tripping and doing well, your thing.
1: So- so at that time, mm-hmm. um, a lot of transition had happened in my in my life in the mm-hmm. intervening. Like that was that was August of nineteen, and in fact, on the East Coast tour, um, and all of this. By the way, I wouldn't talk about her was if I wasn't cool with it being. It doesn't matter to me. It's uh-huh. just real. But um, okay. I was I'd gotten divorced and I was in a new relationship, and there was so much around that in my life and my personal mm. life and also in my, uh, what's the word community sphere, you know, like the, the, the all of the, um, transitions and negotiations and, mm-hmm. and on that tour in Boston, actually, that was like, um, the woman I at the time was dating came and like met people. And it was like, a, right. you know, I remember being like, kind of like, all right, this is, w- I hadn't done that since I was like a 20, 20- that was new. It was new mm-hmm. for me. New again, everything old is new again. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then on the west coast tour she was she lives out she lived out in california so we didn't get to see each other very often it was a long distance relationship and so yeah the i kind of was like well i'm going to be out there there's a bus mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not reneging on any like driving responsibility or whatever i'm going to like take a little road trip with her and spend mm-hmm. that that time and and you know, make sure I'm there for everything we got to be there for. And I'll be on the bus before and after California or whatever, but I'm going to mm-hmm. do this thing. So I would roll into, I was there for Seattle. I was there for Portland. And then I would like roll in and be at the shows and mm-hmm. whatever. But uh there was just, there was a lot of like, uh there was so much stuff that I'd gone on to like Ro- Rob's father had just passed before that right. tour or was uh, maybe he had, I don't know if he had passed it or if he was still just really sick.
0: I think it was right before – I think it was actually right before the second bad Yeah. And I I might be wrong. I don't want to – No, I
1: think you're right. I think that's right. I think he passed actually between legs of the tour potentially. Yeah. Because I remember – yeah. So there was so much specific – and we were on an Ian bus. There was so (laughs) much specific stuff that was rolling around. Um, And – I just remember kind of being like, like it was both totally there was there was a lot of like um, I guess weird weight w e a g w e i g h t weight. That's right. Yep.
0: That's. But then the, there was uh, also
1: like <laughs> part of the the alleviation of that weight was like total bursts of psycho lunacy. Yeah.
0: So anyway,
1: that's that's my table setting. What were you going to say in specific?
0: Uh, on that tour, well, I just. I remember like, you know, everybody was, there was a lot, like you said, like there was a lot of, a lot of shit going on in everybody's personal lives. I think, yeah, you know, yeah, it, our own like things we were dealing with, but it didn't matter. I mean, it mattered, but we were all kind of like our own, like we lived in our own world on that tour. I Organism like. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like just the, the conditions of that bus, like, <laughs> dude, I I don't remember. I don't even know how we got through that, but we did, and it was like okay. And I, I,
1: I want to be somewhat circumspect about, like, like I have a, in spite of, I have a soft spot for 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 those people, and I believe that the service they theoretically provide is actually a really, it's kind of a game changing thing for a mid level band to be in theory and often in practice as well. But there were things about. That specific vehicle that were a little challenging. Uh, and the most, the thing that the last night, and I hope this, I don't want to, but the, th- the last night, well, anyways, <laughs> a couple of things I remember. I could say one thing in specific, unless you had a specific thing that you were going to say. So I don't, I don't know. Oh, no,
0: like, I, I was just going to, we're just riffing on it. So you, you go
1: ahead. <laughs> well, there's one thing I remember that might be less like funny, but from that tour that I was like, I, the woman I was dating at the time, uh-huh. Um She was about to leave from for the last show I was going to be seeing her. Uh-huh. And there was some emotionality around that. Mhm. And I, and I'm a fairly adult responsible touring guy. I'm usually not the guy that like makes problems right I didn't even fucking realize till like I kind of maximized focusing in this moment with her I had turned the ringer I just hold up my, threw my phone on the ground I turned the ringer <laughs> on my phone off and we were sitting in her car right near the Irenic in San Diego just right. kind of talking mm-hmm. but it was like there was some weight there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I was kind of like it it was kind of symptomatic of a much larger moment in my life. where I was just a little bit like stuck, feel like I didn't really know how to move sometimes. Uh-huh. I was fig- I was figuring it out, but anyway, I looked down at my phone at support because I was like, oh, I had there was a, ca- uh, 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 a a clock on her dashboard, and I knew how much time I had before what I thought right. bus call yeah. was. Uh oh. <laughs> and then i looked at my phone and it was a night where i guess everybody like we had, uh, the, the general sense consensus became like well we can get out of here we're all loaded up and we're all here let's let's bounce oh, but no. i wasn't there and i wasn't looking at my phone
0: oh. and i
1: looked at my phone while sh- this person was having an experience uh-huh and i was trying to be somewhat present to that but i also was like and i saw like four missed phone calls from our tour manager, Nick. Right. Mandy. Yep. Might have even had a text from you. Like, there was like, and I was like, oh, fuck. And I had this flash whether it was like a lapsed Irish Catholic responsibility. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I'm the fucking person holding up this thing. And I've already been like traveling separately sometimes to accommodate wanting to be present for this relationship. And there's been all this other change in my, I was just in a place. There was a lot moving around. <laughs> you were and going I was,
0: through the shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. And everything was just a little, and I was like, motherfucker. And I was I remember, I remember being like, Hey, I'm sorry. I literally have to go right now. Like they have to. And, and it was like, okay, left, got on the bus. And I felt so Fucking mortified. I remember getting on that bus and being like I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I, I can't fucking believe I'd ever want to make problems. Like, and I just was like, and I remember it was like it's cool, dude. It's cool. Cause I must have I must have gotten on and whoever was in the front must have been like, oh shit, because I was just like <laughs> vibrating. And I remember like putting my stuff in the bunk and like texting. Nick the next day to be like, I just want to like almost like finding him first thing in the morning and being like, I just want to say one more time and then I'll let it go. That is not my MO. I am not somebody who tries to like make it harder for anybody. I'm really fucking sorry. And he was like, homie, I know I've only known you for a week. (laughs) That's true. Please don't think twice about it. It's all good. But anyway, I remember
0: that very fucking clearly being like, ah yeah yeah, yeah. just fuck. i remember that too and it's so funny that you bring up the irish catholic thing because you know italian catholic it's the same thing like it's the same fucking thing yeah anytime i do something where i'm like oh no like this is a little questionable like i gotta talk about it it's always like uh, what you did what deal, or sometimes it's, so it's a bigger real. deal to where it's like you know like if you know you know how me and andy are we're like we're like brothers but we definitely have our little arguments of sometimes. of course of course you know of course but it's one of those things to where now before it would be like we'd have a little bust up and then you know we wouldn't talk for like a few hours but now i think it's one of those things to like with with a lot of people like that where it's like yeah we'll kind of get into it and then take like a little bit of time to chill and then talk about it and then it's done yes you know yes so it's one of those things to where, you know, we might be a little hard on ourselves sometimes, but well, that's, that's a think, good thing. I think that it's like there's a point to which that, that self-laceration
1: is useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there's a point where it stops being useful and it just becomes actually like a blockage from doing anything useful at all. And yeah. that's the, the work for me is like own your shit be accountable be responsible and then let it go because it actually then becomes like self-pitying if you're just constantly like hey guys i just want to like remind you like there there's a place for i'm sorry and then there's a place for like and now you just got to like make different choices and fucking move on from it
0: yeah that's it cuz if you wallow in it it's kind of like you're it's defeating the purpose of it in the first place
1: totally it's, it's also that's its own form of ego wallowing exactly. in it's like
0: making yourself more important
1: like, yeah, Oh, I just, I'm dude. so fucking sorry. You know, it's like also something I learned in the last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anytime anybody modifies an apology with adverbs, like if someone says, I just want you to know how truly, truly sorry I am for what I've done. They don't mean it. I true. Do. Sorry. True. Sorry. is like, actually sometimes true. Sorry. Isn't even fucking say- sometimes it's like, Hey, I know what I've done and I got to make better choices. Yeah, that's it. Maybe there's an I'm sorry in there. Sometimes I can tell you there is a circumstance in my life mm-hmm. where I get to live in amends. I don't know why I'm fucking speaking in code. I don't <laughs> tell my, my ex-wife uh-huh. on a daily basis, hey, I'm sorry. I have to live different choices in the relationship that I get to have with that person. Mm. yeah. She doesn't need to fucking hear. She heard "I'm sorry" one time. Yeah, she did not need to hear "I'm sorry" anymore. No. Which she needed to. She which what the only reason this person I even. Not only do we get to, to do, I get to, let alone speak to me. I get to like eat dinner at her apartment with my with our daughter three days a week, and that's mm-hmm. something that indicates to me that life is a lot more um, unpredictable and generous than I could have ever predicted it to be. Mm-hmm. but that's not because of how many fucking times i said how truly sorry i was like that's not that's not what that's about so yeah anytime anybody's like i'm deeply sorry you're like no you're not motherfucker try yeah. again later
0: <laughs> yeah like, come back to me in a little bit i don't i can't worry about you right now
1: I mean, like, no i got i got my own shit to do but anyway yeah, but it's
0: like if you're if you're truly if, if you regret something or something like that like yeah it's you'll do your thing like like how you're doing with, you know, your ex-wife. Like, you are you guys are both making an insane effort that is going to make that little girl grow up f- stoked that she has two parents. And that's cool. That's like a normal now. It's like, yeah. you know, where it's divorce is not, you know, yeah, it sucks, but it's also like you, if you put your ego aside, it's about more than you, especially if it's there's a child. It's totally
1: about, yes. and And she will have her own human trauma and baggage like every one of us does no one gets out unscathed but i do think at the very least she'll have access to two parents who she is not there is no uncertainty about whether or not they love her and are going to show up for her Mm -hmm. you know so that's and and i mean there's lots of ways you can be a family but uh yeah exactly but but for sure yeah there's a different there's there's what is it show don't tell right yeah (laughs) There's some amount of tell, there's some amount, you got to communicate, but then a lot of it is show. And I think yeah. I'm like learning a lot about that. But anyway, That's yeah, stupid. that tour though, what I will say about those bad book shows where well, they were fucking great. Every one amazing. of those shows, every one of those shows, there wasn't a bum show in that run, both with respect to like the audience the, mm-hmm. the way – and, 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 and the mechanics of the touring, like the, 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 we were lucky, like people were interested in the merchandise line that we had with us. Yes. Uh, and th- I loved playing that way, that record – to play that record that way – um, it really benefited from that kind of like semi-acoustic. It was a, it was like a fun show that was also like beautiful and it was, it was yeah. cool to get to do. Yeah.
0: It was, it was great, man. And like, honestly, like we're going to have to get you on to do another one because we didn't touch on everything. And- well,
1: listen, if you want to do a part two, I'm serious. I would do that for sure. Yeah. And also, this is a great fucking idea and you're a great person to be doing it. So I'm glad it's, I'm glad that this is something you're doing. Cause I think you're like suited to it. And, <laughs> Fucking people love talking to you, so it's gonna be it's gonna be really good.
0: It's kind of crazy, man. I'm still like kind of like looking at all this with like wide eyes, like where I'm like, what the fuck is happening right? Yeah, now? but that's
1: good. <laughs> that's good. I, and I say this not to sound cheesy, because of mm-hmm. course you can get like, I love pizza, but if I eat pizza every day, I get burnt on pizza. But yeah. I will say this: I still authentically feel some version of that way. About all of, I'm I'm still like. You get to, it's a modest life. It's a one bedroom apartment in Diker Heights. But I'm like, but it's paid for from songs. Yeah. Who the fuck gets to do that? So so some amount of like wide eyed whatever about all of it. At a day that you can't access that, I think is a sad day. The day where like that's by the way, and that's something I love about Brian Turner. Yes.
0: That
1: is a fucking that guy's just a fucking dude who loves music.
0: Yeah. And he's
1: like just somebody who does the, he he worked, he does but he's also somebody who was just always like you know how fucking cool it is that I get to like be around music all the time. I was like dude, dude. thank god you think that way cuz it's so easy to to obviously as you know, it's lose access to that. But
0: yeah, yeah. man. And you know, it's one of those things to where we we are definitely going to have a part 2. Like we're going to schedule you in January cuz we have to have a part 2 to this. Yeah, but- I'm
1: down. So I'm, like, but I'm honestly, not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, no, we're not doing anything. But no. it's one of those things again like I will say to where I definitely felt that lucky it, a lot and I still do and I feel blessed with everything we've been able to do like separate and together separate or together. Yeah. But also I'm kind of I just want to I want to make up for all the times that I took it for granted. Oh, a you
1: 100,000%. Know, Maybe this yes. is a good place to like I will just say this because you talk about like fall of 2021. I I also don't think that's likely. But the fortunate thing is like you work with people and they have to do, they do their um, footwork so as to not get caught flat-footed if it comes back. So Mm -hmm. I got like a proposed routing sent to me for August of 2021, right? Now I think that's like 5% likely, 95% not. But -hmm. they're doing the footwork just in case. Of course. And then I got a um grid with holds and offers right Mm -hmm. again maybe it's ten ninety, depending on what vaccination looks like but I don't I don't suspect I'll be doing a tour in August of 2021 but
0: Mm -hmm. we're doing
1: the footwork but what I will say is when I was looking at the grid Uh uh-huh it was the first time there's two times I felt an identifiable sense of like fuck I, I missed this and one was not even about shows uh-huh. It was about the day off when you're driving from either Phoenix to Texas or <sighs> Texas to Phoenix, which is a motherfucker of a drive, but yes. I also sort of always loved that weird day where you're just like you stop at 16 rest stops, you buy a bunch of weird food, you watch movie, you have these random conversations that are like and then you feel fucking nuts when you get wherever it is that you're going. But there's like some sense of like you fucking won an Olympic medal or something because you did that. Yep. I was like, there was one specific day where I was like, I wish I was in the van driving through fucking West Texas right now. And then the other day when I got this grid and I saw like bottom of the hill. oh, And I saw like, and I almost, Danny, it's ridiculous. I almost cry. I was like, oh, I'm going to fuck. And cry the first time I play like any of these places again because I'm going to be on stage and be like I can't believe I thought I, you know you never think like I might never see the bottom of the hill again yeah, I man. might never see the Bowery Ballroom <laughs> again I might never whatever the fuck it is you know um, yep. and I and like, I I really authentically was looking at this grid just looking at an Excel spreadsheet and I was like <laughs> oh man I hope I get to go back there <laughs> And then, I'll tell <laughs> so you, bud. It's fucking
0: ridiculous. But. Well, I'll tell you, though, when we do come back, it's going to be a lot of people are going to be emotional. That first fucking song they play, they're going to be... I will be hard-pressed to find somebody who's not choked up at uh, like when it starts coming back like that, you know?
1: Oh, my God. I, I, and then by two weeks in, we'll be complaining about the rider and uh, no, the punishers no, and every other no, fucking thing. No, that's
0: the thing. We, are, we cannot do that if it comes back. We have to remember this this time and not this time, but you know,
1: I hope you're right. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I'm being a little tongue in cheek, but I'm sure there will be some of us who it doesn't take too long to get back to like, uh, I can
0: name, I can name at least 15 dickheads right now that I know is going to, are going to be whiny motherfuckers. (laughs) You know what? I'm not mentioning them because it's not worth it. Yeah.
1: You don't want to oxygenate it, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. You don't want, I don't want to give, I don't want to pump CPR into that bullshit. It's, no dead to me no. <laughs> that attitude you know so it's like yeah. more gratefulness and just being happy with what we got and making it oh fuck you know? yeah absolutely Uh eh, we'll sp- get there yeah we will man but dude thank you so much man this was amazing thanks for giving me the extra time too man i'm so glad it went as long as it did it's fucking great it was a man. pleasure dude love you so much man i can't wait till we can fucking hang i down. know
1: i love you too danny have a good night oh, yeah I'll talk all right to
0: see you soon, you, yeah. you too Stories, an all-access podcast, is hosted by me, Danny Del Donuts. It is produced by Kenneth Fletcher. Our theme music is Storms by Personnel. Learn more about what we are doing for the touring community at stories.net. That's stories.net, S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S dot net.